I'm back, like cook crack. Um, so today I wanted to talk about why or why are like women shamed into not being ambitious in this world? And this was brought to you by um my psychology class. Like we had we did an exercise in class and don't judge me, judge my teacher. And I'm not I'm not here to talk about that, but we did a exercise in my class where um, we listened to two songs, and one of them was, like, I guess, could we say meditative, and one of them was more, um, like, cerebral. And so, like, the second one was by that little white girl that when that really popular song that you saw, you're beautiful, and, and, and she's, like, talking about, and I'm not even going to pull up the lyrics because I don't, I don't want to get mad all over again, but she's basically, like, saying, like, you know, you're beautiful the way you are, and girls are crying and stuff like that. And kind of the same sentiment that I was talking about with the Instagram thing. But, like, let's be realistic, too. Like, I feel like there's, there's like, a, a side of pop culture. There's, like, a slot within media propaganda where it's just, like, tell women what to do and what not to do, and that dictates how they feel about themselves. And I think someone being consumed by their looks doesn't always necessarily mean that they're depressed or they're down on their luck or um, I'm not going to say that they're not seeking validation. But on the flip side, like because I can like I think I said this in one of my podcasts, like I'm somebody who can maintain two beliefs at once without feeling like I'm contradicting myself because I realized that human beings are very complex and nothing is just one thing right everything has dimensions but I'm willing to understand and believe that like that's a part of society like first of all we live in a male-dominated society where like men are in charge of how we look and so I think that like if you don't fall into like one of those categories where men are generally attracted to you um it's very easy for you to get on a song and and this is no this is not direct shade to her because she's not the first person to do this and I'm sure she did not write that song at her young tender age I'm sure she had grown ups writing that song for her but they just want to perpetuate that image and it's like they want women to buy into that but that is not the real world the real world is not gonna just allow you to be yourself all the time when you're not conventionally attractive sometimes you know. I think, you know, different strokes for different folks and there's different circumstances at play. I think class plays a big role into how people perceive you to be attractive. I think the higher your class, the more likely you are to succeed without maybe being um, conventionally attractive. I don't know why that is because I haven't really looked into that. And that's just a theory. Um, I would say let's talk about self-hatred. But no, I mean... Yeah, let's talk about that. Like, let's just talk about the fact that, like, I think, like, we're, I think, first of all, we're, like, badgered with with images of what we're supposed to look like, and then we're badgered with images of what people think we look like, and then you have what you actually look like, and all three of those things are usually not conducive. Um, And then you have to take into play, like, socio-sexual economics, and how people's behaviors are used as currency, maybe into your self-esteem, your self-worth, your um, reputation, all those things that are just as important as like getting a bag or can be depending on what industry you're in or depending on if that's just your vibe. Um, 
I think I've I think I struggle with like body dysmorphia stuff. I think I struggle with what I look like and maybe how I feel I look like maybe sometimes. And I think that's those are just the facts. I think that's just a part of growing up in a world where majority of my life has been like because I you know I've been on the internet since MySpace right and I think there's always been people who have been preferable and I think that there's a special pocket of people like myself who like grow into their looks um I think because we look exceptional if that makes sense like not trying to toot my own horn or anything but I think when you have um maybe more I'm not gonna say challenging but like you know how art is like some people like some stuff some people don't like some stuff but it's still art right so I think like there are people who fall underneath a spectrum of being very attractive but they're not um either they're not conventionally attractive or they are but it's like off some way, you know, I, I've, I've been grappling with and trying to understand how I look the way and I either go between very much simplifying it to maybe the opposite end where I make it a very complex thing. I, I And I feel more comfortable making it a complex thing because I think often, especially black women or brown women are are like put in a position where you have to like choose especially if you're pretty, like people pressure you into choosing what you want to identify as. If you can identify as something else that bothers, I think the majority of black people, um, specifically if your phenotype is not the the normal black and white racial ambiguity, it's maybe um, other type of racial ambiguity. Um, from out, like any time that I've lived somewhere that there were other immigrants I always was asked by the immigrants, like, where are you from? Like, my whole life, I've been kind of challenged on... um, And I'm, like, veering off, but this is going to all draw me back in. But my whole life, I've kind of been challenged on my nationality. And when, when I don't give people the answer that they want, they either treat me different or they, like, look over it. And they act like um, I'm looking over it. So then maybe they're trying to make me comfortable when it's not really something that society has kind of set up for me to be comfortable either talking about or trying to get to understand. Um, And yeah, I think it's really easy for anybody to want to see themselves in a pretty person. And that's what I've really boiled it down to because at first I would meet, I would meet other black, I would meet other black women. I would say other black women specifically because black men have a way about exoticizing anything that they like. And that's anything. I don't even think it's just limited to women. Um, but that's like a need for wanting to feel special because I don't. I think they lack that in society, or they feel like they lack that. But that's I, I'm. I told you I'm not here to talk about men. But um, I think specifically with black women, it's always been well, not always. It depends on usually the color spectrum and what those black women look like. Usually with other racially ambiguous black women, we we kind of see. Um, eye to eye when it goes with to like identity politics, like because we've had similar experiences. Like even when we've gone out, we've had similar experiences where we've gone out, and somebody from different different nationality has like come up to both of us or come up to one of us, so we understand. Um, but when I'm dealing with some black women, I've I've come to realize that because there is a projection that there's a projection that's either happening on my end or their end or both our ends. 
Um, it doesn't work because I'm at the point in my life where I'm not allowing society to dictate anything for me. And I'm more willing, especially as someone who's trying to pursue anthropology in any way, shape, or form, even though that part of my my that part of my scholastic career is coming to a close. Um I I don't feel like I would be doing myself a justice or like my future children a justice by just blanketly saying that I'm black because I know that's not true. And I know that there's that that's that kind of ties back into like the part where I think society has a problem with people, women specifically trying to be ambitious. And I just don't see how it is that people believe that they can choose how you identify and how you use your privileges in this world. I think that is the most nuts thing fucking ever. And I have been wanting to say that for a while, but I don't think I, there was no way for me to to ease into a conversation without seeming like a prick. And then also, um, I didn't have the ways, uh, the words articulated or the thoughts to surround it, but like, now I understand is people have a problem with you having a privilege and even and especially if it's a privilege over them or it's a privilege that they that they actually have and it's it's not a actual privilege that you have. It's just something that either you phenotypically fit into or you in your class socioeconomically you fit into. It's some it's just a lottery almost, you feel me? And I wouldn't even say it's a lottery. I think it's a gift from the universe. And I think that I think that until you recognize it and you use it, there's no changes that you can make. Um, um, because I feel like a lottery is by chance, and I don't think anything that's happened to me has been by chance. And for me personally, that's where I'm at in my life. Um, but I think there's a problem in this world, and especially if you're a brown or black woman, and because pe- what people have to realize is. Black is a culture, right? It is not an ethnicity. It's not it is not a race. Black is not a race. Black is a color. It's a way for people to identify you based on how you appear, based really on your skin. Because if you look at the range of black phenotype, it ain't one phenotype. And the one phenotype that you're going to think of when I say black is going to be West African, and that's where slaves came from. We all didn't come from slaves. If you think about how many of us died on the way over here, how many of us died while we were here, how many of us got sick and died at a young age, there's no way that every black person came from a lineage of African slaves. The the math doesn't even add up. So that's a problem for people. And I don't understand what what's the why is there an issue that your some of your brothers and sisters were just they're just not from Africa. Like I feel like I've been wanting to talk about this for a minute either. And I feel like this plays in, this all plays into like this system that oppresses people and oppresses people into thinking things that are not true or having you going with the status quo. I'm not going with no fucking status quo. Fuck that shit. I'm doing my research. Can't nobody, can't, oh, there's too many genetic tests out here for me to be sitting, sitting on my ass, not trying to get one, not trying to swap my cheek and figure out what the, what's real. If you got to do two or three of them and and take the data and take the you know take the mean or the median or whatever like take the average and do that if you if you really want to get down to science and you don't want to just rely on one like you don't you don't you don't want people to think it's a hoax but it's just like why are we going to these extremes to prove to anybody anything about any identity that we have and that ties back into that song where she's talking about 
you know, you're beautiful the way that you are and you're going to bed crying because no one's validating you and you're not getting likes on Instagram. Okay. And like, well, let's talk about the system that empowers that type of thinking and that type of mental illness. Let's talk about how there are still likes on Instagram. Take them shits down. If this is supposed to be about art and making friends, which is not, and we know it's not at this point. So, like, we're not playing that game anymore. But once again, that's something that people, you know, this weird, I'm not even going to say neo-capitalistic because I don't know what this is. Um, Neo-fascist society that we live in where people are scared to fucking talk is so crazy to me. I live in 2019. Like, this is not 2049 or 2064. You feel me? Like, why live in a country where you that scared? (laughs) Why live in a country where you are that afraid to talk about how you're making your money? Why why do you want to make money to keep it a secret? Like, I just don't want to live. I just don't. I don't. I'm not going to foster that type of belief. And I'm not going to foster this, this, you know, cloak and dagger ass mentality that people got around ambition and being ambitious there's nothing to be afraid of there's nothing you should not be afraid to to you shouldn't i'm not going to say go on go everywhere and tell all your plans but you shouldn't be afraid to do that either fuck these haters bro fuck these broke niggas if niggas are going to hate on you every time that you're going to do something and you're going to care, you're going to have a really miserable life, let me tell you. Because whether you telling niggas what you're doing or not, these them niggas that you that you talking about hating, they're going to be watching regardless. They're going to see it. They're going to see what you're doing regardless. So what are what are people really afraid of? I think people are afraid of... First of all, I think people are afraid of being called um, being called names that are untrue. I think people are are just, I think people are just afraid. Like, I get scared too when I talk about things that are like taboo. But it's like at the same time, why is talking about being ambitious taboo? Like, either we want to change the world or we don't. Like, either we want to get out of this, you know, post-Machiavellian society. Rest in peace, my nigga. I love his teachings. But you have to understand, that was like, um... What is it called? That was like satire. Like the prince was basically like satire. It was like, yeah, do all this shit and see how, and this is how you end up. That's just like the art of seduction. Yeah, do all this shit and 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 this is and this is where you are. There, you know, there's the ends have to justify the means, but they have not. They the ends have never justified the means for us in this society where we there's no transparency on how it is that you're making your money. I always told myself, I'm going to let people know how I'm making my money. When I'm not, Because I'm not going to have anything to hide. I'm not going to be getting money from places that I shouldn't. Because if that's the case, then let's, let's, let's redirect our attention to why it is that you're having to hide all these revenue income, these different revenue streams. What is it that you're doing that you're ashamed of? Let's talk about that with no judgment. This is a judgment-free place. No judgment. But let's talk about that. Like, let's have a conversation about why people feel that way instead of, you know, maybe persecuting people for feeling like they have to fit into these molds. I just my whole thing is just like and I don't think that that's I don't think that that was the singer's intention. But I do think that there is this very this thing that patriarchy does where it um 
placates people, specifically women, in positions that are very defenseless and powerless. And then it's just like, ha ha, look at you guys. And it's just like, but what have you done? What have you done for us? People shouldn't, I don't think, it just, it doesn't, I don't think it serves anybody well to, um, to be hard on themselves in this, in this world, you know, it doesn't serve anybody to be hard on themselves in this world. It doesn't, cause my thing is just go through your human range of emotions, sis, go through your human range of emotions. If this is just a bad year for you, this is just a bad year for you. And just go through it. But don't give a fuck what everybody else is doing. Because everybody else ain't going to show you when they down bad. You got very few rare people in this world like me. You know what I'm saying? You got a few few other confessional um, writers and poets. Um, But they, you know, mythicize us. They act like people don't exist who are actually confessional writers. They do. It's just people don't. I don't think people like. Seeing humanity, people don't like to see them their shadow selves and other people. I certainly don't. But then I have to remember, like, I don't have to. I don't have to be standing in the shadow. I can experience. I can be my own shadow. You know what I'm saying? I can experience life on my own terms, and not have to either envy someone else for making decisions that I want to make or having the balls to do something that I want to do. I can do that for myself. There's nothing holding me back from that. The only thing that is holding me back from that would be me caring about how other people feel about my decisions. And that is those 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 are the invisible those are the invisible binds of morality that people place amongst you or they place on, upon you rather. Um that they often don't put on themselves. Like I think we will all be surprised at how how many how much advice people give us and then turn around and do the exact opposite. And who we, we no one's to say if that's because they want the best for us and they don't care about themselves. I you know I think I'm more intelligent to, than to, I'm more intelligent than to believe that than to believe that someone was better for me than they want for themselves. But there are codependent people out there, so maybe I just think that there's a that I think it's a very it's a subconscious it's an old evil subconscious thing that human beings will do if they can. They will exercise the power over you to prevent you from experiencing something that they will, they want to, and they plan on, but they don't, they just don't want you to be a part of, or they don't want you to see, or they want you to be separate from. And, you know, I've experienced that before. And it's a very painful feeling because it's, it, it removes your, it, you feel like it's removing your um, ability to choose. But at the same time, you do have an ability to choose. First, your ability to choose is to, not allowing, first, don't ask people for advice on nothing. Let's start there. Don't ask me for advice on a goddamn thing. The only thing that I can do is give you based on my experience. And I'm not going to ask you for advice on nothing. When I'm telling you something about what's going on, I'm not asking you for advice. I'm just, I'm sharing my life with you. That's the only thing that I'm doing. I'm not asking you for advice on a goddamn thing. And what I find with women, don't ask women advice for nothing. Because they're going to tell you one thing and do the other most of the time. And that's no shade. That's no shade to us. That's no shade to us because I can't say that I'm not that way. I don't perceive myself being that way, but I'm I possibly could be. That's the train, y'all. That's the that's the pod, that's the train podcast train. That bitch gonna be on here, but um, 
I can't say that I don't do that, but I don't think I do. But, you know, that's just how women are. Don't ask women for no advice. Just do what you want. But more on the, to, to talk about so what I want to talk about now, I want to switch gears kind of. I want to talk about like career ambition and the kind of like this epiphany that I had recently. I had this epiphany where I was just thinking about how I was just thinking about all the energy that I feel like I've put into. Not even I don't want to say energy because it's not real. It never translates into actual actions. Thank God. Most of the time. But I've put a lot of thought, I put a lot of intellectual energy into thinking about like my mate and like who I'm gonna be with and da 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 da. But then I just as the more and more the the deeper and deeper I'm getting into like my academic career, the just the more and more that I'm just like realizing that um I just wanna focus on that. Like and it's weird because I was when I was in Seattle, we were at No, I wasn't in Seattle, I was at the airport. When I was at the airport, I was watching, or I was somewhere, somewhere. I can't remember. Everything is a blur. I feel like the older you get, the more that, like, the shit that's not important, you don't really remember. But I don't know where I was, but I was somewhere in transit to Seattle, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And there was a documentary that was on talking about women in Beijing or women in Asia. And it was just talking about how those women are kind of going against their families, like, arranged marriage thing. There's some of them who are not. There's some of Chi- there's some Chinese kids specifically they were in China. There's some Chinese kids who still allow their parents to arrange their marriages, whatever. But they were talking about they talked about a special group of women who were well, not special. Well, they talked about a group of women in China who were deciding to like pursue college, and they were like coming out of college making like six figures, like coming out of college making like ten thousand dollars a month, and um. I was just thinking, like, I didn't think more much about it then, but it, it, it dwelled in my, subcon- my subconscious. So, obviously, it was, it's, it's something that w- was supposed to be there. And so, I just, I've been thinking about um, doing some things in school. Um, and the more and more I've been thinking about doing these things in school, doing these things for school, I've just been like, I don't want, I don't really care <laughs> about dating right now. Like, I'm not really... I more so would rather just like, you know, date and, you know, meet men and, be you know, become friends and have sexual relationship or platonic relationship, romantic, whatever, tra- like whatever it is at the moment that I'm feeling like I'm trying to do that with some really nice, nice looking men. You know, if you feel me, like I want to be dating models and shit on the whim and just run through them or something like I'm not really feeling being in a relationship right now it just doesn't I'm I'm just not interested and it kind of sucks because I had something that was working towards that but no longer because I'm I'm just not interested I don't want it I want to pursue getting my degree because I want to come out of college making six figures period and that's it like there is no other way I'm not willing to be worried about no nigga because if I'm all if I'm putting all my eggs in that basket, I'm gonna have to be going to school and be focused on getting a nigga. No, I'd rather just be focused on getting my degree. Like and whoever gonna come gonna come. Like my little Denzel, he, he somewhere probably in school and acting school up in New York. I'll meet him when I go up there and I'm in art school. Like I'll meet my like I'm gonna meet me some things. Like it's some things in school. That's what I'm saying. Like and I plan on being in school for a while. Like, 
after I get after I get my I don't I probably after I get my master's I'll take a break. I'm definitely gonna be start work like start working an actual job hopefully in the film and television industry as a writer, um, or doing cinematography work or doing acting work too, just a little bit. Hopefully I'll be doing it after I get my bachelor's, but I, I probably won't stop going to school until after I get my master's because I want to go back and get my master's degree and um, my specific focus in culture anthropology, which would be organized crime and gang culture. But that entails me going and studying directly underneath someone who specializes directly in that because anthropo- anthropological master's degrees have to be um, focus oriented. So it has to be a it has to be a program. It's a master's program through whatever university, but the university is going to be picked based on the professor that you're studying under, and that professor makes your master's degree plan for you. And it's, like, governed underneath, like, I I believe, the AAA, because I do think that you have to do an ethnography. But that's all nerd shit. So (laughs) um, back to what I was saying. But, yeah, there are things in school. And there's going to be so many. Oh, my God. Like, models and sugar daddies and artists and shit like in New York and in Europe and in Asia and like all the places that I would like to study at some point so like it, I'm not worried about meeting men and I'm beautiful so men love me I don't have a problem meeting men meeting men is not an issue um the only only time I have an issue with men is when um they're usually like too feminine and I'm feminine too, so like that doesn't work. Um, yeah, that's the only issue. That's some sometimes the only issue that I have. Um, but even then, that's not really an issue because if I'm just trying to sleep with you, then we don't have to really get along that well. But we got to be friends at least. But that's besides the point. Back to my point about school. So in my career, so like I was just thinking about that and I just thought about like all the things that I want to do when it comes to my career. I'm just, There's no way I can do that and be focused on seriously dating somebody. Because I was just thinking, I'm like, men don't do that when they're in their 20s. So why am I doing it? Why am I thinking about settling down in my 20s? No, I'm going to enjoy my 20s just like how niggas enjoy theirs. And I'm going to get married in my 30s the same way niggas do. I'm not, I'm not boo-boo the fool. I'm not boo-boo the fool. There will be plenty of men out there who will want to marry me when I'm 35 years old. Now, granted, I have unconventional um, views on parenting and um, child-rearing. So I plan on having kids before I get married, probably to like my life partner, the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. Because I, I, first of all, I'm not divorcing. <laughs> Let's talk about that. So in order for that to happen, I need to make sure I'm with the right person. And in order for me to make sure I'm with the right person, I got to date around and I got to see what's out there. I can't just be thinking I'm with the right person off the whim. Now, granted, it's niggas out there I drop everything for. That probably never going to change. But at the same time, them niggas are not marriage material. They're not niggas that I need to be married to. And that's kind of what prompted me to have this. Me and my mom were talking about this late last night for a minute, for a couple hours. But that's what prompted me to kind of have that or have this epiphany, which I just realized. I was like, there are a lot of men out there who I do want to have some type of romantic interaction with, either for the short or long term, no one's to know. 
but I realized that those men are not marriage material. Like, and it that that doesn't mean that I don't fuck with them. That just means that <laughs> I'm not trying to get married right now. You feel me? Like that's all that that's all that means. And I think women because there are a lot of women who are not that logical. And there are a lot of men who ain't that logical either. I'm not of the mind that men are the logical species. I think that um, being a logical person is just innate to some people. And I don't think it has a gender. But um, I just think that some people are not logical enough to kind of go inward and be like, okay, what does this mean? Does this... And I think a lot of people would just, well, that that means I shouldn't date. And it's like, no, it just means that right now you're, what your mind is trying to tell you is that it's not ready to settle down. That's why you're attracted to people who are not ready to settle down. And that's okay. Like, we're grown-ups. We're not, like, what is this, you know? And I've I've gotten sucked into this, too. So I'm speaking for, from experience on this one. I'm dragging myself. What is this obsession with, we're supposed to be new age, but, like, Generation Z, I say I'm Generation Z because there's a lot of millennial views I don't agree with, but I'm a millennial Generation Z cusper because <laughs> I was born in '95. Um, but what is this? What is this obsession with us new age kids with like this old, these old paradigms and dating? I don't understand. Like everyone's supposed to be a polygamist at this point. I'm still like I. That's what I'm like. Fucking Blade Runner was in 2018, I think. Like, flying cars are supposed to be. And we are still trying to fit into these really weird um, molds that didn't work. They didn't work for our grandparents. They didn't work for our parents. Well, some some of y'all got parents who are still together. And, you know, I can't say whether what's work would work for them or not. And neither really can you. Because parents let their kids see what they want. But, um... I'm just a, such a strong believer in doing things for you. Like, if I was meant to do what my parents wanted me to do, bro, I would be my parents. Like, they got to live their life. You know, my parents got married young. I always told myself, I'm not getting married young. And I haven't. My mom my mom was pregnant at the same age as her mom, which was, I think, 21 or 20. Or she had me at 20. I didn't, I'm not, I wasn't doing that. I'm not doing the same stuff they did. And it's not, they didn't make mistakes because I'm here. But it's like, that's not my path. My path is getting to this money, period. Like, and I just don't understand this weird world that we live in where young people are acting like, where I, and I was doing this too, that I got to run and get in a relationship. I don't have to run and get in a relationship with no fucking body. I'm 24 fucking years old. And I spent the better part of this year focused on some shit that is... So minute and minuscule in the grander fucking scheme of things, it's a piece, a piece of fucking grain, like it's a piece of rice or some shit, like a grain of sand. It's so small. Men should be at the bottom of your priority list when you are a tender young thing. You got fucking plastic skin. You got all your teeth. Fuck with conditioning bitches in. You got all your teeth. Them bitches ain't throwing up gang signs. You got eyelashes. You got eyes. Bitch, you got toes and fingers. Most of us got bodies of our ages. So many things to be grateful for. And none of them include a man. I love men. 
when I say I think about some niggas and I get, I mean, goosebumps. But it's just like, what are them niggas doing for me? Not a damn thing. They're pursuing their careers. They're traveling. They fucking bitches. So guess what the fuck I'm about to do? The exact same thing. And who gonna stop me? Me. Because they don't give a fuck. Men don't give a fuck what the fuck we doing. Let me tell you. Them niggas don't care what we doing. They act like they care, so we entertain them. Because when we see that they don't care, that that, certain, that gives off red flags now. So now these niggas actors, they don't give a fuck what we're doing. They're too busy doing what the fuck they want to do. So this is the time where we should be doing what we want to do too. So when when everybody get married, it ain't no resentments. Because I, when I, it's time for me to get married, I'm going to be fucking smug as shit. I'm going to be super smug. And so is my nigga. Because he's going to be like, I put in so much work to wrangle this bitch in. He's the happiest day of that nigga life. Uh-uh. No. Tell me some my hot girl summer nigga. No, it's a hot girl two decades, the fuck. Niggas would be lucky if I decide I want to get married at the end of all this shit. I'm making, you think I'm going to be making millions of dollars worried about a ring on my fucking finger? And the, the, the world is crazy because society has women programmed to be thinking about this shit. And it also has you programmed to think kids equates to marriage. No, kids does not always equate to marriage. And that's okay. As long as it's a two-parent, for me, as long as it's a two-parent situation where they can call their dad and they can be over their dad's house when they need to be, when they want to be, and they can, that's all I'm worried about. When they got, they have two forms of income supporting them. They have two parents supporting them emotionally. I'm not worried about being married to nobody, daddy. I really ain't. Because if that's what you waiting on, <laughs> you're going to end up like a lot of these women out here, old, crying, because they ain't found the one to, quote, unquote, to have kids with that they're going to fall in love with. Every nigga ain't meant to be my husband, but he, uh, some of these niggas are going to be good fathers. And I'll give you that. But outside of that, you can't be laid up in my fucking house arguing with me. Uh-uh. So that's why, for me, I just realized, I'm like, okay, I've always dreamed of being a mother. I've not always dreamed of being nobody fucking wife. Niggas are going to have to jump through hoops to get me. Sorry. We're not making this easy. I'm not no fuck. No, I'm not a lady in waiting. I'm a lady of leisure. There's a difference. Lady in waiting is a bitch who's waiting on you to come and swoop off her feet for free. I'm never going to be that girl. I'm a lady of leisure. That means you're going to have to chase me around the world. I'm gallivanting around the world, bro. Every time I get some money, I'm going to a different country for a couple weeks, a couple months. Learning a different language, getting a tan, eating foreign food. You're going you're gonna to have to come find me. We need to end the culture of this lady in waiting shit. Not Nan Seductress on this planet. Not Nan Quarterson on this planet was waiting on a nigga. Niggas was waiting on them. You, niggas need to be positioning themselves where I'm going. You find out I'm going to another country. No, like, oh, oh, I, I run into you here. That's funny. Like, how you the prize, but you just sitting waiting? How I'm the trophy and I'm sitting and waiting? That doesn't make sense. These euphemisms that they done fed us, trophy wife. Yeah, trophy wife, but I'm sitting and waiting on you. What trophy do niggas win sitting and waiting around? 
Niggas win the Super Bowl sitting and waiting around. Niggas win the NBA championship sitting and waiting around. For a whole year, they train their whole lives to sit and wait around for that trophy. No, ma'am. They, them niggas sat and waited and waited around for a scouter. No. So why, so why is it that niggas get to sit and wait around for us? No. Mm-mm. No, nigga. No. 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 Y'all niggas can't. You, you, I'm not a part of the Gilded Club no more. I'm not jaded. I'm not jaded. I'm not jaded. I'm not jaded. And I think that's the, <laughs> that's what keeps me bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, might I say. It's the fact I'm just, you can't, you're not gonna, you, you can't make me a better, you can't make me a bitter bitch. You can't make me a bitter bitch. Not for nobody. And that's why you will never make me a single parent. You will never make me a single black parent. You have to be taking care of them, them motherfuckers. I swear to God, I, I will send that child support. I, I'll be making enough money. I'll send $10,000 a month for my kids to go to private school. What about it? Because you're going to complain about it. I'm going to boss up. So we're not playing a game. I just, I just think that women have to really take a look at what it is that they are going to, what it is that they're going to allow society to curb their enthusiasm on. And what hill are you going to die on? Are you going to die on the hill of putting all your eggs in your basket of looks and then crying about it like that bitch said? You want to be one of them bitches that she, that, that she talking about in one of them songs? You want to be a trope? Or it's just like you about to get out here and just do what you about to do and say fuck it. Because my thing is this. I think that, and we're going to have another. We're going to have a podcast on beauty, on beauty ethics and beauty standards. I really want to talk about it. But I think that's something that I would have to actually like sit down and have points on and be more organized on. Because it's something that, I'm, that I've been investigating for myself and like around me for like, I feel like my whole life. But, um... I think that there's not okay. So let me say this, right? I want to be a visual artist, so that you already know where I'm at when it comes to beauty. You are, I, I'm one of those people where I believe, and big up to my art teacher from last semester, that beauty is truth and truth is God, right? Or you know, art is beauty, beauty is truth, and truth is God. That's how it goes. But I believe that that that's how I identify with God to me in my life. Um, and and in that way, I think I always see beauty everywhere, or I try to. And it's some most of the time, it just comes naturally. Like, I was with my homeboy, and I he was like, every time I see someone that I, like, apparently I say that they look like a doll baby. Like, every time I see someone, I say they look like a doll baby, or they look like a Barbie doll, or they look like this, or they look like that. And she, he was like, do you see the world as, like, a doll because you look like a doll? <laughs> And it, it like and I was it, it brought me back to that Thirty Rock episode where Kenneth and people's like how do you see the world and Kenneth like saw everybody as Muppets, and I just think that your life is based on your perception, and I feel like I I truly believe that people think I am, I think people think I'm attractive because I am attractive, because it's a blessing that I was given, but or blessing I received. Um, but I think also people think that I'm attractive because I think I generally think people are attractive, if that makes sense. And so um, I think that that paints my world. And I think that's what 
inspires me to want to make movies is because and I've always I think that's why I've always loved the cine, the cinematic medium because you see normal pe- actors are normal people usually and I think they're so beautiful to us because they're so normal and I think that's something that I've been investigating my life for a very 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 long time is it's like is the normality what makes people like I, I think I've been investigating what is beauty to people and um Especially being someone who is not a normal type of beauty, beautiful. But to some people, I, I, to some people, I think they identify me with classic beauty, classic beauty. But I also don't think that they've investigated classic beauty the way that I have, because classic beauty is traced back to um, the golden age of Hollywood. And I only have twenty minutes left on this podcast, but it's getting really juicy. Like I can tell that you guys think it's getting really juicy because it's getting really juicy to me, and it sucks. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my next podcast is gonna be on beauty, and I'm gonna pull out all the stops. But I'm gonna talk about this just a little bit more tied into um, ambition. So this will just be like I'll just say this is pre- I'll just say this is ambi- ambition the prelude to beauty. So that'll just be the name of the title, and then maybe we can just they'll just start another series. This will be the this will be the beginning of another series and the end of that first introduction one. Um, but I don't think people realize that when you go back and you investigate the golden age of beauty, which is gonna be the more um, classic beauty, not pretty now. And I I can't really distinguish pretty from beauty right like on a I feel like on a podcast because there's no visuals, and I I can speak descriptively, but um. I might link it to a YouTube video. So I'll probably do the podcast and just link it to a YouTube video. But anyways, um, so classic pretty and classic beauty is different. But when you look at classic beauty, you're thinking of Marilyn Monroe, right? Um, You're thinking of Sophia Loren. You're thinking of Bridget Bordeaux. You're thinking of um, Diana Doris. You're thinking of um, Marlene Dietsch. But when you actually look at these women phenotypically, they look they look different than the women in their um, social class. And they also look different than the women in their time besides each other, if that makes sense. Um, like you had the blonde bombshell period. But if you t- you strip it, if you take the blonde away and you look at Dan- um, Diana Doris um, nose and you look at her lips and you look at her eyes, she has very I wouldn't she has kind of ethnic features. Um, and she was Swedish and I believe Hungarian. Um, a lot of those women from back then were Swedish and they did not look like European. They did not look like, um, Caucasian women. I'll say that. And they didn't even look like the European women in their countries. I would say Bridget Bordeaux looked the most like the women in her country, but even then she still had full lips, gap teeth. She looks like fucking Slick Woods. If you put up a picture of Bridget Bordeaux and Slick Woods next to each other, they look a lot alike. And I know that's crazy because I'm just saying it. That's why I need to make the YouTube video and actually do it. And y'all are going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? But I think that's the beauty of anthropology. And that's why I think everyone should take anthropology classes. Like if you're in college, just take all of them. You're going to come out of it a fucking different person. Your mind is going to be like, my brain has so much fun thinking about stuff. Because I like thinking. I just like thinking. But my brain has so much more fun thinking about stuff now. Because there's so many more possibilities to what the answers can be. Especially when it comes to humanity and beauty and phenotypes and genetics and things like that. But um, 
and it's weird too because another instance that was kind of like that was with when when I was one of my many visits to um the, a psych ward um there was a man a gentleman in there um and this is this was after like we're all stabilized I'm not I'll go through my mental health journey one day um Maybe after we do this beauty series, we can tie mental health into that. We can tie mental health in there. I think it'll be cool because there is something artistically that I want to do that's kind of on brand for all this. But, um, yeah. You, y'all know this conversation will someone get sidetracked. We're going to continue this conversation. Um, so, yeah, don't be upset if I'm not get, if, if it, it ends in a spot where we don't want it to. But, um. I was there and we were just talking. We were just having a normal conversation because like after everyone stabilized, like we're all normal people. Um, people, the people in psych wards are normal people. Like they're not, they're not the people on TV. Um, they, they're like bankers, teachers, um, lawyers, nurses, moms, dads, daughters, children. I mean, there are people who you live next door to. Um, actually one time I remember a couple years ago, we, my mom saw my next door neighbor in court for like his second DUI, <laughs> um, which is behaviors associated with mental illness. So that's what I mean by your next door neighbor. Um, well, meanwhile, I'm in the psych ward too, right? Getting arrested and shit. But we were talking and he was just like, he was like, I hope that I didn't offend you. Um, if I've been looking at you and I was like, what do you mean? Cause I didn't even notice. And, um, he was just like, you look so much like my daughter. And I was like, your daughter? Mind you, this is like a, a like a white man. He's super attractive. Very, very beautiful white man. And that's another thing. It's some beautiful motherfuckers in them psych wards, bro. When I say, I've seen some of the prettiest people I think I've ever seen in my life. Some of the most charming, most seductive, intelligent people that you will ever meet in your life in a psych ward. Like, I don't even think that people who have not been in one... It's almost like there's no way for me to describe the people that you meet in there. And, and and you wonder, and it's almost like holding a mirror up to yourself. And you're just like, wait, if these people are like me, and this is how I perceive them, this is probably how people perceive me. And they're wondering, how did they, how did someone, how did someone like me end up in a place like this too, right? So it's, it's a very... It, it, all experiences can choose, can prove to be introspective and opportunities for growth if you allow them to be. Or you can just be hard on yourself and call yourself a crazy person when really you're normal. And people just don't tell you about their misfortunes. But I love you, so I'll tell you about mine. But he was just like, yeah, you look like my daughter. And I was like, really? He was like, you guys have the same bone structure. He was like, you have, she has full lips, she has a button nose, and she has like eyes like yours, like you know, um, almond, uh, almond deep eyes. And I was like, does she date black men? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I, cause I, 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 that's how I was going to see if he was like in a trance or like being schizophrenic, like seeing things. Like I was just like, well, let me, ask, let me ask him something that's like social. That's like very down to earth. And like, he would have to be in his right mind to like answer. Like if someone was having like a schizophrenic episode, they're not going to be able to answer if their daughter who looks like a black woman dates black men, they're going to be thinking they're going to be, they're going to continue on to me looking like their daughter and going to some like weird shit. And like the conversation, like, remain grounded and I was just like oh no like this nigga is serious like (laughs) 
he's not just seeing stuff like and then he went on to tell me that she was actually dating one of the writers for um empire who wrote the music for empire and he was like and of course he was like i wish i had my phone so i could show you but and it's weird because there has been another instance where someone told me and and oh and so i asked him I was like, um, so this is going to tie back into people cla- people perceiving me as classically beautiful, quote unquote. So I asked him, I was like, well, are you guys Swedish or like Norwegian or something like that? And he was like, yeah, he was like, I'm Swedish. And her mom was somewhere from the Netherlands. Um, their parents, both of, both of her parents had parents who were immigrants. And so that's how the circle of phenotype go. That's how phenotype can go in this very weird circle that has these very jagged edges because it's not connected in a um, a 360 way. It's connected in these very weird ways. And I think people think phenotype has to do with your skin complexion and it doesn't. And so it's hard, I think, for people to strip you of your color and just look at your your looks and your bone structure if they have not been cultured to do so. And a lot of times... Um, Black women don't have the privilege of existing in this racial in these racial these racially ambiguous um ways because their community has not been cultured to see them outside of their color because there are a lot of very dark-skinned black women who have narrow noses, small lips, small eyes and that is the Eurocentric beauty standard. On record, that's the Eurocentric beauty standard. But they might now they might have privileges that other dark skinned women don't have, but they also are not getting the same they're not getting racial ambiguous privileges, and they should be if we're basing it off of what people look like, not what their skin complexion is right so that's where i can that's where I always call niggas out on their colorism i I mean I do it all day because I'm like you you don't care about her having a nigger nose quote unquote or a bell pepper nose. Or, you know, soup coolers like I got. You don't care about her um, having strong features or having um, weak features. You care about the fact that she's dark-skinned. Right? And so, like, let's just call spades spades. So, you know, I got 10 minutes left. But the way that I want to tie that into being... The way I want to tie that into preventing women from being ambitious is because those same... When those same dark-skinned women decide that they want to practice maybe using their racial ambiguity their racial ambiguity it's it's like um a cardinal sin and it's like use whatever i just want to end this on this note i want to spend the last 10 minutes preaching this use whatever privilege that you have to your advantage and anyone who is telling you not to is directly hating on you they are not covert doing it they're not doing it in an insidious way they're not trying to snake their way they're letting you know where their head is at they're letting you know that they don't want to see you win because they know that this society is built for you to lose they know that and they're and they're and and don't don't give people that benefit of the doubt i've done it before and i've ended up dealing with hated hating bitches because the bitches who weren't haters they was like no get to that fucking money no get to that nigga no get to that school do what you got to do to get to where you need to go because we we gonna see each other there i know you're gonna have me do not surround yourself with people who, when you try to exercise a privilege that you receive from this universe, tell you not to. That's that's a dangerous game to play, and those are dangerous people. 
Because let's say that they're not. Let's say that they're amb- they're ambivalent to the they're ambivalent to their own privilege and they're ambivalent to everybody else's. That just goes to show you where their head is at. They got they have a direction and a focus that is unpenetrable. So you really should be staying away from them because they on their own type of time. So it's just like use people's reaction to your ambition as a gauge to to how they see you, how they value you. If every if you feel like you can't go to nobody and tell them when you got some good shit going on because they're going to hate on you, newsflash, you shouldn't probably be going to them for a goddamn thing. When some you should have friends who telling you you're not dreaming big enough. Fuck that shit. You know that's you dreaming too small. And when it's time to get practical, y'all get practical together. But it's just like all the low key hating that this society has encouraged, especially from people from uh, at the top, because they do the most of it. They them the ones who use their privilege and then tell you, oh no, don't do that. No, fuck that shit. Fuck them niggas. Fuck anybody who telling you, you, if you a bad bitch, be a bad bitch. Now, what I was saying on my other podcast, don't try to be the bad bitch that you're seeing on Instagram duplicated a thousand times. Don't risk your life trying to be that person. You are enough. Be whoever you are. My thing is that you got a long head of hair. Fuck it. Pop some contacts and why not? If you want to make an OnlyFans, make a fucking OnlyFans, bro. And any bitch who is telling you that you shouldn't do that, she's a fucking hater. Because she could do it too. That's the point I'm at now. When people tell me that I can't do something, I'll be like, well, you can do it too. <laughs> and people be looking at me like, like, I was talking to my homeboy about that. We got into an argument because he's like, the woe is me, black people, woe is me. And I'm like, bro, and, and I'm too ambitious. And I'm like, but, but y'all can do it too, though. And then people look at you like you crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know that's why you hating because you think you can't do it. No, you can do it too. The fuck? We don't have time. I'm telling you, us as black and brown women, we behind the curve. Asian women are liberating themselves from these peons. <laughs> They're liberating themselves from these fucking peon ass niggas. And every nigga ain't a peon. It's niggas out there who like ambitious women. It's niggas out there who want them a woman who got money. And they want to take care of a woman who got money because they know that she got it. Because they know they're doing her a service. It's niggas out there who want to do that. Fuck these broke niggas. Bro, any nigga who going to dim my light, fuck you. Any nigga who not as ambitious as me, fuck you. If you're not willing to visit me overseas as I'm when I'm doing me, fuck you. Deal with one of these local bitches. We don't have time to be wasting on over. We I'm not fucking crying over no spilled milk. Fuck the Indian Trail of Tears. I don't give a fuck no more. Cause at the end of the day, I got one goal, and that goal is to make sure that my great grandchildren can fucking chill on the beach. One of my fucking um beach houses that I bought when I was 30 years old for them. We had them in mind. When they show up to one of my townhouse castles in somewhere in Amsterdam, their parents can, your, your, your great grandmother bought this for us. Whenever you want to go and smoke weed with your friends, when you were in high school, spring break, you can come. You want to get married? We have a private island. 
I don't have time to be worried about these broke niggas. Because a broke nigga ain't going to help me do that for my great grandkids. A broke nigga going to complain and talk about how black people can't do nothing. How the white man is holding him back. I don't have time for that. I don't have, we don't have time for those types of broke men. You don't have time for these broken black women who are going to tell you, um, you never going to be able to marry a black man. You never going to find a black man. You don't have time for them. No, you're never going to find a black man, sweetheart. Because I'm going to navigate in this minefield. I'm going to treat the hoes like the hoes, treat the husbands like the husbands. It's that simple. I'm I'm going to give black men a little bit more credit, just a little bit more than the normal. But yeah, don't let people, bro, whatever ambitions you got in this world, if you're not hurting anyone else, because it's not my business if you're hurting yourself at the end of the day, but it, specifically, if you're not hurting anyone else and your ambition in this world is to be the biggest masochist or whatever, to be the best porn star have the number one gangbang on Pornhub, whatever, bro, go for it. Who gonna fucking stop you? Nobody. And the bitches who gonna stop you, they done already got their trains ran on them for free in a high school bathroom. So fuck what they got to say about any fucking thing. And that's what we're going to end. We're going to end pro-sex worker. But, um, yeah, I'm going to come back. Okay, so I guess I can spend the last, like, three minutes talking about what what, what I'll do next time. So I'm going to come back. This one is going to be called, um, what is it, Ambition? Ambition Intro to Beauty? Yeah, Intro amb- Ambitious Ambition Intro to Beauty or whatever. Whatever I said. That's what this is going to be called. Um, and... Then I'll come back and do the beauty standards thing. But we're we're specifically going to be talking about like ethnocentrism, um, phenotype, like phenotypes. We're not going to be talking about genetics because genetics don't really play into how you appear for real. Like scientifically, they don't unless it's like, you know, like the dominant, like the your hair color, your eyes and things like that. But as far as your nose and things like that. There, there are no genetics for a big nose. That's a phenotype. Um, and that's basically by chance. Uh, and then we're going to probably have to talk about the bottleneck theory and all that stuff. So I'm going to have to actually do like go back and look into some of my notes and stuff for that. So I can be well prepared because I'm not going to just I, I, we that that's not going to be like opinion based or theoretical. That's going to tr- I'm going to try to have some scientific stuff in there and then probably have my theoretical stuff mixed in as well. But um. Yeah, that's what we'll do next week or maybe next two weeks. But, yeah, I love you guys. Stay great. Stay focused. And fuck these broke niggas, bruh.